Los Angeles, California, the mega market, the epicenter. Scott Kaplan with you tonight here on 710 ESPN. Want to say what's going on to all my people throughout Southern California, everybody tuning in in L.A., and everybody tuning in all throughout the Southland. I know you guys are all over the place. Glad to have you on our first night on 710 ESPN. I was saying to George Sedano and LZ Granderson just a few moments ago, I've never been on the radio at 7 o'clock at night. I've been on the radio at 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I always got off the radio at 7 o'clock at night. I'm on the air at 7 p.m., and there's so much going on. So I will tell you this. Wherever you may be tonight, chill and hang with us. If you're watching the Clipper game and you're planning on going home and saying, hey, I'm going to turn on the Clipper game, that's fine. Go to ESPNLA.com, find the show, turn us on your phone, and you can watch the Clipper game while listening to the show. For those of you that are going to be in your car tonight, you're zipping around town wherever you are, We'll give you scores all night. That's what I'm doing. I'm sitting here literally because we've all had to learn in this new world how to broadcast from home. I'm in my home. I've got this game on right now between the Clippers and the Mavericks, and I've got literally written down in front of me. The Dodger game's on channel 700. The Angel game's on 722. The Padre game's on 321. And I just realized tonight, I mean, I literally did not know because I'm locked in on all the sports that have come back since the last time we were all together. I didn't even know tonight was the Democratic Convention. Had like no idea at all. So I've got my TV in front of me. I've got all my notes as to what games are on what channels. And as the evening goes on, we'll all hang out. We'll all know what's happening, but we'll all hang out together, okay? Let me jump right in to stream of consciousness what happened last night with this Laker meltdown. Start of the second quarter. Lakers are down by 14. LeBron's starting to get aggressive, starts to go through the paint, getting himself to the line. Lakers find themselves all of a sudden down by 12. LeBron, again, spin move through the lane. He's got 10 points. Lakers starting to make a little bit of a move. Markeith Morris, 3, 40 to 36, 11 to 1 run. Slam dunk, Dwight Howard, 40 to 38, a 13 to 1 run. The Lakers had been down by 16. They'd gotten it now to 3. Then, Kyle Kuzma knocks down a three from deep in the corner. It's 46-43. Damian Lillard, another big three and an answer. He's got 20 points. It's 49-43. Anthony Davis, dunk, 50-49. Lakers have the first lead. This is, by the way, this is just pure memory, recollection. I mean, I'm just reliving this thing. I watched it last night. I woke up this morning. I still had the TV on. I watched it again. This is all off the top of my head. All right, maybe I'm lying. Okay, I'm lying. I was writing notes, okay? Listen, 80 dunks, and the Lakers have a 50-49 to 49 lead. LeBron gets his 10th assist to AD. He's got 21 points at this point. He's got 11 straight points. It's 54-52. Then Carmelo Anthony with a big three. You're like, really? Carmelo Anthony? Like, for most of us, we forgot Carmelo Anthony was back in the NBA. We thought his career was long over. Carmelo Anthony, huge. Then it's 57-56 at halftime. The Lakers have clawed their way back into this game. They'd worked so hard. They were getting beat up in the early stages, and they worked hard. But they come out in the second half, and you start to hear these statistics. 
The Lakers are two for 18 from three-point land. I mean, it's brutal. By the way, KCP should never, and I mean never, shoot the basketball. His performance last night was ridic. 0 for 5 from three-point land, 0 for 9 from the field. I mean, it was terrible. So, listen, the, the Lakers had to claw their way back. They find themselves down by six early in the second half. Um, they, they start working this because they they're, they're starting to pull away or so it seems, Portland is. And the Lakers start to just try and keep it close, keep it close. And then all these guys from Portland, you hear these names, C.J. McCollum knocks down a three. But then Kyle Kuzma through the lane, 72-69, the Lakers are there. 78-75, LeBron through the lane for a dunk. Kuz with a big three, 78-78. LeBron, 80-78. Wait a second, maybe the Lakers are going to come back. Maybe the Lakers, who were down 16, are actually going to come back here in the second half. Kuz, two free throws. Lakers are up by four. It's a 13-2 Laker run. Kuz, coast to coast. Lakers are up by six. 7.55 to go in the game. Kuz comes out. Danny Green goes in. Lillard winds up hitting a three at the buzzer. LeBron answers. It's an 87-81 game. Dwight has five fouls. There's 6.50 to go. McCollum hits another three for Portland. It's a three-point game. Damian Lillard is so on fire. This guy is so unstoppable. He hits another big shot, ties the game at 87. This is where the whole game is lost last night, Laker fans. Let's all remember where we are here, because I'm just going through all of this, right? 424 to go in the game. Down by two. LeBron misses two free throws. You're like, what? Dude, you, at, with, at this time of the game, LeBron James cannot be missing free throws. By the way, LeBron missed two. AD had just missed his previous two. They'd missed four straight free throws. And then on the other end of the floor, Damian Lillard comes back and hits a shot that is like beyond Steph Curry range, like from half court. 92, 89, three minutes to go. KCP, again, brutal shot. And then Carmelo Anthony with a huge three, 95-89. LeBron taps one in, it's 95-91. And you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't over yet. 95-93 on an AD dunk. And then another trailblazer where you're like, what? What happened here? Gary Trent, 98-93 with a huge monster three dagger because down on the other end, Caruso throws up a brick. That guy should never shoot, by the way. Dunk through the lane? Get up, my man. But seriously, don't shoot. LeBron misses a wide-open three. Nurkic gets a giant dunk, 193 games over. Okay, I've just gone through this entire game with you guys from last night. The Lakers were down by 16. They battled their way back. They had to scratch and claw. They can't hit a shot. Their three-point percentage is ridiculous. We're all wondering when they're going to be able to just flip the switch and turn it on. Believe me when I tell you, I'm as guilty as anybody. When Tiger Woods plays golf, I think he's going to win. When Mike Tyson used to fight every fight, even though he was old, he had no skills, he didn't want to fight anymore, I still, for some reason, thought Mike Tyson was going to go out there and knock out Lennox Lewis. I am as guilty as anybody. As long as LeBron is on the floor, I feel like his team, in this case the Lakers, are going to win. And I'm looking at Portland. I'm looking at their size. 
their shot blocking, all their three-point shooters, they're in, on absolute fire. And as much as I want to say that Charles Barkley, who's been telling everybody the Lakers are about to get swept now, as much as I want to say Charles Barkley's wrong and that the Lakers are going to come flying back and not lose another game in this series, geez, I don't know that I can say that. I mean, I said Billy McDonald last night on the Spectrum telecast is like, you're looking at the guy, and he's pointing, and the, the cameras are, are pointing on Lillard. You're looking at the guy in the NBA right now. Not LeBron is the guy. That guy, Lillard, he's the guy. I mean, the Lakers fought way too hard to come back and give up that kind of game. All right, I just gave it to you. Just, just gave you the whole stream of consciousness, and we're officially underway it's the first night of the scott kaplan show here on 710 espn when we return i got to introduce you to my whole new team i got a whole new team of guys up here in la working at espn i want to introduce you to these guys tell you how we got here give you our poll question of the night we are officially underway this is the scott kaplan show on 710 espn We are just kicking off the scott kaplan show here on 710 espn glad everybody's with us on a wednesday night Dallas and the Clippers at halftime, 61-56 in favor of Dallas. I'm going to try and keep you updated on scores all night. I was saying as we were just kicking off that uh, this is the first time I've ever done nighttime radio, and I, I don't even know what to do with myself right now because I've got Chuck and Shaq and Ernie, and, and, and I got the whole halftime team going with Kenny, and then I've got a bunch of baseball games, and I'm trying to click through and watch every game and see what's going on and see what the scores are of all these games. I've got the Angels and the Giants at scoreless, but hold on, maybe i got to refresh my screen here. And i got the Dodgers with a 2-1 lead over the Mariners right now. So again, this is fun to have all this stuff going on at night. I got the Padres up 2-1 on the Rangers. And again, I got the, the Mavericks 61-56 over the Clippers at halftime. So if you're driving around anywhere you might be tonight, we'll keep you updated as to what's going on. I was saying earlier that at 424 of the game last night with the Lakers and the Blazers, that game is lost right there. When LeBron James misses two free throws, and the Lakers had at that point missed four straight free throws because AD had missed his two previous. And then Damian Lillard goes down the other court, the other side of the court, and hits from about half court. That game is lost right there. I mean, throw on top of it Carmelo Anthony coming up with a clutch three. Throw on top of that Gary Trent coming up with a clutch three. Let me tell you something. Uh, nobody else on the Lakers should be attempting to score. You know how there's like a pitch count in baseball? There should be a shot count in basketball there should only be like three shots before you decide danny green this is not your night caruso this is not going to happen for you kcp sit 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 down here don't shoot please do not shoot there's two guys on the team that should be scoring lebron and ad and frankly they're both going to have to score 50 points that's just the way it's going to have to be because it's the two of them and whatever three guys are on the floor with them kyle kuzma okay maybe maybe i'll give him a couple of shots by the way has that kid been bar mitzvahed yet? Does he shave? He has got the, the most incredible baby face. How old is he? 12 years old? Nonetheless, I'm telling you right now, LeBron and AD, you're both going to have to score 50 points. So tonight is our first night on the Scott Kaplan Show on 710 ESPN, and I've got a new crew of guys that I'm working with, and we're all scattered around. But in the home base studios right in downtown L.A., right there across the street from the Staples Center, L.A. Live, Jesse Lopez, 
the new producer of the Scott Kaplan Show, J-Lo. It is great to be with you tonight, my man. You said there J-Lo. You I figured I'd play some Jennifer Lopez. There you go. <laughs> What's happening, my man? Oh, I'm doing good, Scott. How are you? I'm excited. I'm I'm like shaking with nervousness just because I'm, I'm excited for what's new and what's next, which is the Scott Kaplan Show. Well, so Jesse and I have been on the phone together every day, literally, for the last like 10, 11 days preparing for what we're doing, you know, and Jesse, just you've been working at 710 for a while, but really more on Laker broadcast. This is kind of like the big first time to produce shows, right? Oh, yeah. If you listen to the Lakers broadcast, you hear my name towards the front of the game when John Ireland is uh, naming everyone from the you know the producer, Adam Bronstein, the Lakers broadcast coordinator, Lauren Douglas, to me, the engineer at LA Live, Jesse Lopez. And I've gotten some you know here and there shows where I've gotten to produce, but this is kind of the first real instance where I get to, you know, produce and, you know, create get my creative uh, juices flowing and not just kind of focus on the board. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. All right, man. Well, we're looking forward to it. this is going to be great. So J-Lo, is that what people really call you? I mean, if your name is Jesse Lopez, that's what I think people would call you. They just walk around going, yo, J-Lo, what up? Is that what they do? Yep, for the most part. That's how it was growing up. I remember everyone called me J-Lo because it was too perfect of a connection. It was Jennifer. It was Lopez. It was just J-Lo, especially when Selena came out. But, I mean, how could I be mad? You know, they call me J-Lo. I'm like, oh, so I'm Selena. Anything for Selena, they say. So, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I can use that for, for myself, too. All right, man. Right on. Well, uh, running the board on this show and, and very much going to be a, a contributor is a guy by the name of Curtis Poindexter. Poindexter. Like, that's such, a, that's such a strange name. Like, you don't think of Poindexter as being like somebody's real name. You think it's like something you hear in a movie. You're like, okay, where do I know the name Poindexter? Um, there was a character, an old movie, Revenge of the Nerds. Does anybody remember, right? Remember Poindexter, the guy with the red hair? He's playing the violin. I'm dancing in the same moves he does back here at the studio. Right? You know that guy. He's got the big glasses on. He's got his red hair parted to the side and all curly. He's the guy that you you see at a, at a party and you're like, that guy could have definitely murdered someone before, but you're just not sure because he's so like awkward looking. That's him. Is is this is this Curtis Poindexter? I mean, is that is that what we're going to oh, put I on this kid? you were talking about me. I didn't realize you were talking about the character. <laughs> Wait, we're talking about the character? Uh Curtis, it's good to have you on the show, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you, and I think we're going to have a great time. I'm here with you, man. We're all going to collectively hold it down all together Co- here. That's right. Straight up for real, homeboy, just like Keyshawn says. So what is your – Jesse said, you know, he was working on Laker broadcast. Just give us a little bit. It's first night. You know, let's kind of get introduce everybody. What was your background? Were you working at 710 for a long time? I'm one of the newer employees here, probably the second newest. Jesse and I are also probably the two youngest people here in this building. but Without a doubt. But uh, no, I've been here a couple years now. It'll be two years, I think, this month, actually. But I've been pretty much at this time slot doing whatever's going on, whether it's a, a broadcast, a show or whatever. So for me, it's just kind of the time is the same, but the, the voices are different. So All right. Well, these are these are the guys now. You got Jesse Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo. And you got... By the way, I saw J-Lo at the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Minneapolis. She was great. I saw her you know? in Vegas. She's yeah. my girlfriend's favorite uh, singer, so I got uh, hooked. Well, I went to Vegas just to see her, but I mean, I just went just to go to Vegas. But I saw her, and it was it was great. She puts on a show, and I got to say that uh, booty don't lie. 
<laughs> I'd loved her. I thought she was great. She had DJ Khaled with her. So, you know, all DJ Another Khaled one. does. All DJ Khaled does. He come up, we the great, we the best music. We Another the, one. We, we the best music. You know, and so, but I love J-Lo. So I'm glad we, we got Jesse Lopez. We got Curtis Poindexter. We got the Scott Kaplan Show making the uh, debut tonight. Now, coming up, I'm going to tell you how you get involved in the show. Because we're going to be on the air for three hours. But there's 21 hours in the day for all of us to be part of a community where we can all talk, we can argue, we can debate. And coming up tonight, I'm also going to tell you how you can win. You guys are gamers, right? You guys like video games? Oh, absolutely. If, okay. we, if, you, if I'm not here, I'm probably at home playing Warzone or Overwatch on my Switch or some kind of other video game. All right, we've got MLB The Show 20. This is the newest game. MLB The Show, we're going to tell you how you're going to win coming up. We're going to keep you updated on all the different games that are going on. Kevin Demoff, the Rams COO, is right around the corner. And I got a question for everybody. Even though he played great last night, and the stat line will tell you that he was amazing, 23 points last night for LeBron, 17 rebounds, a triple-double, he had 16 assists. But what is wrong? with LeBron James. Don't you just sense that something off the floor is bothering him? What is wrong with LeBron? I want to get to that coming right back. This is the Scott Kaplan Show on 710 ESPN. We're doing it better than anybody else alive. Scott Kaplan show tonight on 710 ESPN. It is our debut broadcast. We will be back on the air on Friday night, Lakers tomorrow night, game two. Talk a lot more Lakers as the evening goes on. The Dodgers have just taken a 3-1 lead over the Seattle Mariners in the top of the third. And Cody Bellinger hit a home run to right center. And so just keeping my eye on all these games tonight, Dodgers have a lead. And I was watching the Clippers and the Mavericks. And that game is still at halftime. And I'm trying to keep my eyes on every single game. 61-56 is the score at halftime here between Dallas and the Clippers. I'll update you on what's going on with the Angels and the Padres and uh, everybody else uh, or any stories that happen as the night goes on. Okay, I mentioned before we hit the break that there's three hours of live radio and then there's 21 hours for us to all talk, to hang out, to build a community, to debate, to argue, to uh, to come together on issues. Um, Here's a question that I'm going to ask everybody, and it's going to be our poll question of the night. And the winner of our poll question of the night tonight is going to win MLB The Show 2020. So if you're a gamer out there, okay, if you're a baseball fan, we're giving away a copy of MLB The Show 2020, or they just call it 20, on PS4. Here's how you win. You go to my Twitter handle, at Scott Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. You click on the link that I have sent out there for you right now. Download the app that I've put out for you. This is where we're going to create our community. It's called Sided, S-I-D-E-D. And if you win the debate of the night, you're going to get this game, MLB The Show 20. So here's my question for you tonight. What do you think is wrong with LeBron James? And listen, if you watched the game last night, I mean, LeBron James misses two critical free throws with about four minutes to go in the game. When you're LeBron You don't miss free throws that late in the game. You don't miss free throws when nobody else on the team can hit a shot. You need every point you can get. I'm not suggesting that there's something wrong with LeBron on the floor. Without LeBron, where would the Lakers be? I mean, Anthony Davis had 28 points, but you don't really think he played very well, do you? I mean, he was 8 for 24 from the field. That's when he wasn't all over the ground. I mean, guys, bodies were on the ground all night last night. 
LeBron had a triple-double. By the way, 16 assists. Stop giving everybody else the ball. You make beautiful passes half the time. They can't even keep up with the speed of your brain. You're making the pass before they even know what's going on. Dude, shoot. Take over the offense. But there seems to be something bothering LeBron. There was an interview with a gentleman named Chris Haynes. And Chris works for Yahoo Sports, and he does some reporting for TNT. And he's inside the bubble, and he's interviewing LeBron James. And LeBron keeps intimating that something's bothering him, but he doesn't quite want to tell us all publicly. He wants to assure us it's not the Lakers. It's not basketball. But there's something else bugging me, but I don't really want to say. I'm telling you that there's something bugging me, but I don't want to say what it is. Guys, could you play this Chris Haynes LeBron James, very brief comment about LeBron and something bothering him. Play this, please. Bro, I'm hoping to solve a mystery here right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping, hoping I can gain some ground here, man. So earlier this month, mm-hmm. you were asked about, you know, the team struggles during okay. his restart. Yeah. And you had a comment saying something along the lines of, well, there are things that are going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. that I don't want to talk about. Yeah. And we've been, you know, everybody's been trying to investigate yeah, ever yeah, since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Brock, can you please, <laughs> please clarify what you're referring <laughs> well, to when you I, said I, that? Well, I can just tell you this. It has uh, nothing to do with, with, with our team. Um, one thing about our team, we, we have zero uh, lack of team chemistry mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and camaraderie. That's the one thing that our team will always strive and always be about. Um, it's a little bit more intricate than that, I might tell you, you know. I tell you when the cameras ain't on, right, but uh, it has back, nothing bro. to do with the Lakers and, and our and our group. Our group has been uh, it, probably as close as, as ever before because of the situation even more since we're here. So, um, you know, the Lake Show, Laker Nation, don't worry about that. It has nothing to do with the ball club. We, we're, we're great. I, I had that. Yeah, we're great. All right, we great. We great. We great. Laker Nation, we great. It got nothing to do with the ball club. We great. Okay. But it's more intricate than that. What does that mean? What, what is more intricate? What, ex, can you explain this to me? Because here's the thing. Nobody's going to ask him. You know, I mean, nobody's going to be like, hold on, man. Listen, I know you really don't want to talk about this, but you just said it's more intricate than that. When you say more intricate, what exactly do you mean? So that's our question tonight. What do you think is wrong with LeBron James? If you go onto my Twitter at Scott Kaplan, you click on the link, join our community and get in on this question. By the end of tonight, about 9.45 tonight, I'll announce the winner. And along the way, we'll read your comments. What do you think is wrong with LeBron James? Maybe he misses his real life. Is it possible? I mean, look, LeBron's got a pretty good life, right? I mean, you're rich. You're famous. You fly on private jets. You've got the best cars. You've got a beautiful mansion. You've got a great family. You've got terrific kids. You've got a life. Maybe he misses his real life. Is that possible? Maybe he didn't realize when he was so pro-bubble, how hard this would be to be locked down. Maybe, just throwing this out there, maybe LeBron's got other business on his mind. Like maybe Maverick is calling and he's saying, hey, LeBron, you know, we really need you to concentrate on this movie script because we figured that it was going to be getting done around this time. And LeBron says, I know, but dude, I'm playing basketball right now. I'm pursuing a championship. And his guys are saying, yeah, but LeBron, We didn't think we'd be talking about playing basketball in mid-August. We had other plans for business this time of year. I mean, is there something else on LeBron's mind? Maybe. I'm just throwing out maybe. Maybe LeBron thinks the Lakers aren't really good enough to win it all. I mean, maybe he's thinking about last night 
and he's looking at that roster, and he's seeing Damian Lillard, and he's saying, wait a second, okay, Lillard is one guy, but McCollum, where did he come from? And, you know, uh, Carmelo, I thought Carmelo was out of the league. I mean, Carmelo's had an incredible career. This guy's got a trophy cabinet that he could put up against anybody's. Where did he come from? Where'd this guy Whiteside come from? Gary Trent late in the game. By the way, there could be my first, you know, I'm telling you, you today, you, you look around, you think about LeBron, and you, you hear him saying all these kinds of things like it's more intricate than that. You think, what's he talking about? So if you go onto my Twitter, at Scott Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N, and you click on that link, answer that question. What do you think is wrong with LeBron James? Whoever gets the most votes on the winning side tonight, you're getting that video game. And if you're a gamer, Jesse, you're telling me that as a gamer that this video game is like a really hot commodity. Is this a really hot thing to have? Oh, yeah. MLB The Show is the baseball game to have, uh, especially since it's the only real baseball game. Uh, all the other baseball games that are out there are kind of real kiddish and... They're not really good. MLB The Show has been the best baseball game for years. And I hate that the fact that they're on Sony because I don't have a PS4, but I am going PS5 soon, so I'll be able to play it soon. But if you have a, PS, a PS4 and you like baseball games and you don't have the show, you definitely want to you know, chime in us on the bait and try to get that game because it's going to be the best baseball game you play. What is wrong with LeBron James? When you hear LeBron James say it's more intricate than that, is it he misses his real life? Is it he has other business that he thought he'd be attending to at this time of the year? Didn't expect to be playing basketball in mid-August. Is it that he thinks maybe, hey, our team's really not as good? I mean, we're the number one seed and things were going pretty well before the shutdown, but now in the bubble, things aren't really going so well. We can't shoot. Our, our three-point percentage is terrible. Or maybe there's something else, but there's something more intricate. It's not basketball. It's not the team. Don't worry, Laker Nation. What is bothering LeBron James? That's my question tonight. What do you think? Oh, that's great. I mean, we've been talking about it, and I've had some small conversations with Le- about uh, LeBron with a couple other people. Kirk Morrison is one of the guy that I've told you I've you know I've talked with uh, with him about LeBron, and I'm I'm in the camp where I think he just he misses his family. I mean, LeBron is an uh, athlete of routine he needs his people around him he relies on that that entourage that he has and he doesn't have that in the bubble so I think it's that he's not really fully adjusted yet and I think he just misses that regular normal routine that he usually you know has at this point when he's going through the playoffs I would have thought going into the bubble if the older guys who are married and have kids probably couldn't wait to get away from their wives and kids and just get to a place where they could lock in and zone in. And I think what's happened is the older guys with families are the guys who have the real lives and the younger guys who maybe don't have families quite yet or wives or whatever or certainly don't live the life that LeBron lives. Those guys are just zoned in, locked in, and hey, I'm all about ball and I'm all about winning. It's more intricate than that. I'm very curious to hear what people think. Go onto my Twitter, at Scott Kaplan, click on that link, join our community, get in on that question, what do you think is going on with LeBron James? Coming up, Kevin Demoff is the chief operating officer of the Rams. I'm watching Hard Knocks. Did anybody watch Hard Knocks last night on HBO, episode two? The uh, part of the show that I got to say was probably my favorite part was either Andrew Whitworth, the Rams' 38-year-old offensive lineman, 
talking about his family getting corona because i gotta say i mean it was in the news but i don't really remember him talking that much about it he and his wife explaining what happened to their family through corona i want to talk about that i would say also jalen ramsey house hunting i found fascinating so here comes kevin demoff he's the first guest on our new show and let's talk about hard knocks and what to expect at sofi stadium this year will there be any fans at all when the rams kick off against the cowboys let's talk to kevin demoff next this is the scott kaplan show on 710 espn wherever you may be tonight in southern california cruising around in Los Angeles or elsewhere, listening on 710 or worldwide on the ESPN app. Tonight, night one of the Scott Kaplan Show, watching the Dodgers and the Mariners. Mariners just hit a three-run home run. Mariners take a 4-3 lead right now. That game's in the bottom of the third. I'm keeping my eye on the Clippers and the Mavericks. Mavericks leading 75-69, 6-20 to go in the third quarter. And I'll update you on the Angels, the Padres, and any of the breaking stories that happen tonight as we get rolling. Okay, so listen, I was talking about Hard Knocks, and I'm watching the HBO series Hard Knocks, and I find the Rams to be fascinating because I think that the NFL got it right, that if you're going to cover a team, they've got a brand-new stadium going from a legendary downtown spot like the Coliseum to the brand-new SoFi Stadium. And how interesting is it that this new $5 billion football palace will be played in this year, but the fans aren't going to be there, or at least that's kind of what we think. So let's talk to the chief operating officer of the Rams, Kevin Demoff, on the Scott Kaplan Show on 710 ESPN. Hi, Kevin. Good evening, Scott. Welcome to the program. Well, welcome to you, to your, you, to your oh, program. You. Welcome to good. you. It's good. Uh, the, the 10-day contract worked, and so we're glad to have you for the season. Well, I'm glad to be here. You know, I turned a 10-day contract into a one-year contract, and, and I'll tell you totally truthfully, because I love to do this stuff on the air, I was offered a two-year deal. I took the one-year deal. I, I remember when Joe Flacco said, I'll just play on this, on this deal and then see what happens, and he won a Super Bowl and turned it into a mega deal. I'm planning on winning the Super Bowl and becoming Stephen A. Smith's contract. You understand what I'm saying? I do, but then there will be questions about whether Scott Kaplan is elite. That will be a question. Is he really an elite talk show host? You know, the, the question happens all the time. Is he an elite quarterback? Is he an elite talk show host? We'll have to find out. He he bet on himself, Kevin. That's what he did. <laughs> well, we're happy to bet along with you. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about a couple things. First of all, last night, were you doing what many people were doing? Did you watch Hard Knocks on HBO after the Laker game? Uh, I actually watched it with our family on HBO Max, so... Uh, I was towards the end of the Laker game. Seemed like it, the Laker game was over. But having already seen uh, the Rams part, it's always interesting to see how they put it together. But we watched it as a family at some point during last evening. Okay. I found the Jalen Ramsey house hunting to be one of my favorite parts of the show. Did you, uh, did you get a kick out of Jalen Ramsey who says, I'm trying to set myself up not just for now, but for life after football. I mean, he's got visions of what his life's going to be. He's trying to buy a house and get established in Los Angeles now. What would you think? Well, I think for all of us who have gotten a chance to meet Jalen since we traded for him last October, you're always just impressed by his demeanor, his maturity, uh, his love for football, his love for Los Angeles, and what a great teammate he's been. He, he's been an exemplary professional from the time we came and what you're seeing on, on Hard Knocks, especially the bit about him coaching up Terrell Burgess, I thought was just as enlightening, you know, as the house hunting. But I did mention to 
to him today, to Jalen, I said, it's a little bit creepy that they staged your house knowing everything about you. Uh, I don't think that I would like that. So uh, that was, was the creepy. part that struggled with me the most on, uh, on the house hunting scene was how they had done everything for him. But I think the whole evening when you got a chance to see Jalen from his competitive nature on the field to his demeanor off of it, is an example of why we traded for him and why we think he'll be such a big part of our future. All right, so Kevin Demoff is the chief operating officer of the Rams. We're talking about having watched Hard Knocks on HBO last night, which is documenting Rams training camp, how they're dealing with COVID, stadium-related issues, etc. So Jalen Ramsey goes house hunting, and you say that it's kind of creepy that they staged the house for him. See, there was more to that story that I... In fact, I want to even know who the realtor is. I want to speak to this person. I want to know where is that house. I want to know how much is that house currently listed for. And I want to know if it was built as a spec home that somebody was like, look, we've got a superstar NFL player coming here. Let's dress the place up like it's a recruiting trip. You go on a recruiting trip, they put a jersey in your locker. They put your name on the back of it. They put your name up on the, the big screen. They get you excited they were recruiting Jalen Ramsey to buy the house, Kevin. Yeah, no, they were. So I want to know if Scott Kaplan shows up to look at the house, whether they're, you know, building a mini studio for you to record in and, and how it looks, right? Or if any of us show up that it looks like that. But it certainly looked like they went through the hoops for, for Jalen. And rightfully so, if you've got a house on 31 acres, you need to sell it to someone. Yeah, right, right, right. Like you've built that house and you just hope that a movie star or a football player comes to buy it. I also thought it was really interesting how Jalen Ramsey said the day he was traded from Jacksonville to L.A. was the best day of his life. Yeah, he certainly said it was one of them. So I hopefully we can make that come true. And it was a great trade. I think it, you know, certainly set in motion getting our defense back to where we think it, it certainly can be. Uh, and the amazing thing about Jalen, he's young, he's talented. He's a great leader. Our defensive backs respond to him, and, and we think he'll be part of a, a really deep defensive back core moving forward. All right, we're talking to Kevin Demoff. He's the chief operating officer of the Rams. I also must tell you that one of the things I loved about this uh, episode of Hard Knocks is we've gotten to see Jared Goff grow up from the first year when the Rams first moved to L.A. to his rookie season to where he is now, and he's a different young man who's now in his backyard um, chipping golf balls, trying to put you know hole in ones, holes in one, and and he's back there. And he's got his girlfriend and he's got his roommate, which is his buddy. And it's really interesting to see you know the last four years or so from when Goff was a rookie and Hard Knocks was covering the Rams to where we are today. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go back in time, you know, the Hard Knocks portrait of Jared in his rookie year was unflattering, uh, and probably one of the reasons I think they're. There's so many members of the national media who struggle to see Jared for what he is, which is a you know, truly exceptional quarterback who leads our franchise. And I think this time around you see him in his comfort zone. You see him with Sean as they start their fourth year together. You know, and just how in control he is of his team, this offense, and his life. And I think one of the things people forget about Jared, he's just 25 years old. He's still a baby. And, you know, that was one of the great things about drafting him so young and letting him grow and all the experience he has under his belt. But he's not even entering the beginning of his peak years as a quarterback. And I think that's, you know, such a great testament, his growth of a few years to, you know, himself, to his family, to Sean, to everybody around the organization. But I think you're still, you know, he, he is a quiet confidence, a, you know, great sense of humor, and we're so fortunate to have him leading our team. 
Kevin Demoff, the COO, the Chief Operating Officer of the Rams here on the Scott Kaplan Show on 710 ESPN. I will say probably my favorite part of the episode last night, not that I called you to break down hard knocks, but since we're having this conversation, um, watching Andrew Whitworth, I've always loved this guy. I can remember last year a game you guys were playing up in San Francisco, Santa Clara, and you guys lost the game, but he, afterwards, I can remember him like, I don't know if he was signing autographs or taking pictures with military guys. I mean, it was a, it was kind of, I just remember him looking so down, but yet he was, you know, going out of his way. I've always liked the guy. I didn't realize um, the seriousness of how COVID had struck his family. So he had it. His wife had it. His four kids had it. His in-laws moved in. They had it. Mother-in-law handled it. Father-in-law, five days in the hospital. I just thought it was really cool that Andrew Whitworth was willing to be um, so per so you know, allowing us to be, to get into his personal life that way. Well, I think it's great. You know, when Andrew decided to come back to play this year, I don't think anybody expected it to be under the COVID circumstances that it is. But I think what you see in the episode, him talking about COVID, how he's explained it to, you know, our players, his teammates, is a reason he's such an exemplary leader, right? He, he's honest, he's vulnerable, he shares his experiences, he pumps his teammates up. You know, today in the middle of practice, a little bit of a skirmish broke out and he's there to break it up and set everybody straight you know we are so fortunate to have andrew whitworth and certainly you know his free agent signing in 2017 will go down as one of the best free agent signings in rams history and we're all so fortunate to get to be around him to see his leadership style and to see the way you know everybody on the team gravitates to him offense defense coaches staff uh he's just a you know a player without peer in our organization in terms of his leadership style and just to, you know he's not loud uh but people listen i also thought one thing about sean mcveigh you know he can't he comes into a team meeting and he tells everybody he goes you know what i love about what's happening with this team he said i love how we're becoming a team organically and he shows video of aaron donald working with another defensive lineman and and he says here take take a look in fact here i'll i'll play it for everybody here's here you go, Kev. Here, here's what McVeigh said in a team meeting. Go ahead and play it, guys. One thing that you guys have really done organically on your own that I think is as important as anything is coming together as a team. Watch AD on this next rep, coaching up Jonah Williams in terms of, hey, making guys come back. Let's do it the right way. Coaching them on some things we can do better. How exactly do we want to have that balance, understanding the intent of the drill? When you see guys doing those things, communicating amongst one another, that's what's special. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was pretty cool, Kev. What would you think? I look, I think one of the great things about this hard knocks with two teams, you're seeing two exemplary coaches uh, in front of their organizations. And, and Anthony Lynn is a terrific leader of the Chargers and I, I think one of the better coaches in the NFL. And, you know, we got a chance to interview Anthony in our you know, hiring process and we're just blown away by him. I would say from start to finish, uh, Anthony Lynn was the person who changed our minds the most uh, when he sat down and really made you want to spend more time with him. But I think the clip you played and everything you see about, you know, Sean on, on this show is why we're so fortunate to have him be the head coach of the Rams. And, you know, what he says right there, you know, highlighting the little things our guys do, doing it in a team meeting, you know, Aaron Donald, <clears throat> excuse me, Aaron Donald, you know, five, 
Kevin Demoff is with us. Take your time, man. Take your time. Sometimes, sometimes you're in the middle of saying something, and all of a sudden, able to come have a conversation, right? But uh, I, am I a pain in the ass? I call you in, at the middle of dinner with your family. What a pain in the ass I am, you know? You know what? We've had dinner together every night for the past six months, so I, there, I am plenty happy to be interrupted. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Aaron Donald, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-Pro, spending time with Jonah Williams, undrafted rookie defensive tackle going through the drills, going through the way it should look like, and Sean highlighting that. And I think if you ever sit in a team meeting with Sean, he's always pulling out clips of players helping each other, offense, defense, and the way team, this team comes together. You know, Even today, just walking by uh, the team meeting as we were coming back from testing, he was showing a run drill from yesterday you know, with 11 players and highlighting each member of the offense and what they did to spring an eight-yard run. And I think you know, Sean takes such great pride in the little details of teamwork, of culture building. You know, everybody thinks of him as the offensive mastermind, as this you know, young coach with all the answers who memorizes all the plays. But where he excels is in communication, leadership, and wanting to build culture. That, that is always where his head is at. Well, listen, I just hope we get to play football this year because all the things you're talking about, I mean, this is a really tough division, obviously with San Francisco and Seattle and, you know, a young up-and-coming star quarterback or so it seems with Arizona. So, Kevin Demoff, let me ask you, as the Rams will move into SoFi Stadium, and I love the introduction uh, on Hard Knocks because they show sort of the construction, the time-lapse construction. As the Rams get ready to move into this new stadium, what do you think is ultimately going to happen? Do you think that it will be literally an empty stadium? Or, like I read Kansas City, for example, the, the, the Chiefs are going to put 16,000 in a 74,000-seat stadium. That sounds like a hollow high school football game in an NFL football stadium. What, what is going to happen, Kevin? Well, look, I think the most important thing, Scott, is for our players, our staff, organization to keep everybody healthy. First and foremost, the steps to playing football this fall in the NFL are making sure that we can protect our players, coaches, and staff and build a healthy environment each day. When you wake up, when you go to work, that has to be the priority. Anything else beyond that day in keeping your staff healthy is something that you're projecting. And then from there, I think it's making sure that we're taking care not only of our organization but of our citizens and making sure that we're making the best interests in our case, for Los Angeles County, for Southern California, and what's right for our community and our fan base. I would love to have 70,240 people screaming at SoFi, chanting, Whose House, Ram's House. I also want to make sure that this community you know, can continue to improve our numbers as we attack the coronavirus and try to get better and try to get safer. And if that means no fans for September or October or all season, and that's what's most important. SoFi Stadium is going to be an amazing stadium for decades to come, and we will have so many terrific Rams memories there moving forward. But most importantly, I want to make sure that we don't do every, anything to ever put one fan in harm's way by opening up a stadium to fans too soon. So we're going to sit with L.A. County. We're going to sit with the state. We're going to follow the CDC guidelines. We're going to talk to the NFL and its medical staffs. We're going to talk to our players and our organization. And when we feel it is truly safe for fans to come back, we can start to entertain what having fans in the stands for Ram games looks like. Well, let me ask you this, though, and that's a great answer. But what happens if you go on the road and they allow fans in a stadium that you're in? I mean, don't, it's like, wait a second, we're doing everything we can to make sure that, that we don't get it, give it, whatever. 
and now we come to play a game and there's, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people in the stands. I mean, will you think that's fair? Or, I mean, are you even contemplating that? You know, I, I don't worry about the fairness aspect of that. To me, you know, that is such a low priority in the COVID world that we're in. And if, you know, other communities across the country are doing well enough where they can welcome some semblance of fans back, I think that's fantastic. And the healthier our country gets, the better it is. And if that means we go to other places and play with fans in the stands, then we'll make sure we play our best with them. This team has been tremendous on the road in front of full houses. Now, you know, I really do wish we were playing Seattle really early in the year. <laughs> you know, maybe to have fewer fans there and that experience, but... You know, the most important thing is that we keep our players safe, the NFL keeps each other safe, that we're able to play as many games as we can, as safe as we can. And if this is a year when not everything lines up fair, well, that's just the way it is. That's such a small factor to me in these things. And when I watch the Lakers earn the number one seed and not have fans or home court advantage, the Clippers have the number two seed, you know, I think everybody has to look at this year and understand you know, that what we're trying to do is be leaders and examples of how you can live healthy, come back to work, and keep one another safe. And it's our job to focus on that. And if that means that we walk in a hostile environment and people can't come into a loud, you know, an excited SoFi, you know, that it's just what this year will be. And our, I know our fans will be there hopefully in 2021 to make all the difference, and we'll go from there. Yeah, i got to get into that stadium. I can't wait to get in and see what's going on there. Uh, looks- uh, we're, you know, I can't wait. We're going to scrimmage there on, on Saturday night uh, at 520 as we start to get a, a handle to prepare for our opener against the Dallas Cowboys. And it's going to be an amazing sight to see our players take that field for the first time, even if it's in practice. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and you know, I, I thought, wasn't there supposed to be, there was a concert that was going to open the stadium originally? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Swift uh- yeah, and, and so now, I guess you don't really need a big dress rehearsal. I mean, you just... It's like, hey, we're just going to play a football game in here. How many people do you think will be in the stadium on a, on a night when the Cowboys play the Rams? What do you think, maybe 200, 300 people, 400? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're trying to look. The L.A. County numbers are about 300, so each team is going to have 53 players, 20 coaches. Uh, you'll have NBC and their broadcast crew and, and the stadium crew necessary to put it on. So it'll be strange, but even if you, know, you start to think about it, but you know, we still need the dress rehearsal. The coaches need to practice going to the coaches' boxes. Our players need to practice going to the locker room and coming out of the tunnel. The coaches need to look at where the down and distance boards are and how they track the game. You know, our video board crew needs to learn how to operate it, you know, during the two-minute you know, drive and what that looks like. So there's a lot of learning that needs to come in a stadium, even if there are no fans, to make sure that for our players, for the national audience, and for Rams fans, you know, that we create the best environment possible to allow our players and coaches to thrive. Kevin Demoff, the Chief Operating Officer of the Rams. Kevin, it is a great conversation. Thank you very much for leaving the family from dinner for a little while. Appreciate you. Glad everybody's healthy and looking forward to the kickoff against the Cowboys September 13th. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, Scott. So glad to have you on the station. And we'll go back to dinner and toast you, you know, signing that one-year deal. And we'll find out, are you <laughs> truly elite? Right. We will find out in one year. Thank you, Kev. Appreciate it. Take care, Scott. All right, you too. Kevin Demoff, the Chief Operating Officer of the Rams, did like a full breakdown, you know, of, of hard knocks last night and then turned it into what I know a lot of Rams fans wanted to hear about, which is, What's going to happen with the stadium this year? And will you have a chance to get into it? And as Kevin was saying, Saturday night, 
big night. Rams dress rehearsal, let the players know where the locker rooms are, how to come out, know where the clocks are and what, you know, coaches where the press box is and how to get down at halftime to the locker room. Excellent conversation, Kevin Demoff. Appreciate that. Okay, coming right back. Let's get back to the Lakers. What happened last night? What's going to happen tomorrow night? Let's get back to our poll question. What is bothering LeBron? He says it's more intricate than basketball. What is bothering LeBron? And Charles Barkley says, get ready, Laker fans, because Portland's about to break out the brooms. I'm going to get to all of that coming up. This is the Scott Kaplan Show on 710 ESPN.